Hey there, welcome to the Pretty Little Tribe podcast, a space to talk about all things life, fertility, parenthood, and everything in between. My name is Elizabeth. I am an international fertility coach, ICF certified life coach, birth and bereavement doula, and new parent educator. Join us as we support the tribe throughout their journey from conception to bringing your new baby home and everything along the way. See you in the episode. Welcome back to the Pretty Little Tribe. Today we are talking to Monica Cox from Finding Fertility. And I'm so excited because she has such a wealth of background of so many things. And she's a fertility coach. And you know my love for fellow fertility coaches. So welcome. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yes. So tell us about your, I feel like you have such a diverse background of what you do. So walk us through what that is and how you landed to all of, all of that. And then as well as your, your story for your own fertility journey. Yeah. So that's why I'm here really. Um, I'll give you the cliff notes of my nine year journey. Um, basically unexplained, uh, for years got sent to do IVF because that's, of course, the answer to all fertility issues nowadays. And um, it exposed that I had low egg quality. Even though I had a, a little bit of a low AMH score, um, it wasn't like a concern. But um, at 30 years old, uh, between me and my husband, we didn't make one viable embryo. We got um, some like low-grade embryos that they put back in but no one was hopeful. <laughs> uh, what, um, how many rounds did you do? Um, I only did two fresh um, IVF rounds. So we did that round and we asked the doctors, well, what should we do? And I was like, well, there's nothing you can do. Just do another round of IVF. And we're like, well, are you going to change up our meds? And they're like, no, we're just going to just do it again. And I don't know why, because we had no knowledge of like really anything about fertility or even IVF. We kind of went in blind and we're like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Why would you do the same if, thing over again? Yeah. If that's not working. <laughs> yeah. And we were paying for it. So we were living in the United Kingdom at the time. And usually most things are paid for on the NHS, but we lived in a, what they call the postcode lottery. And we bought a house in York. And if we would have bought a house 30 minutes down the road in Leeds, we would have got funded. So oh, when it's your own money, <laughs> like it makes it like, no, we're not going to invest another how many thousands into something that didn't work before. Um, and so, yeah, we were just kind of at a loss. And a friend of ours, we were sat in Hyde Park with him. He just went, change your diet. And we were like, what? Well, we're not unhealthy. Um, you know, everything seems fine. And he's like, no, you need to change your diet. What was like, his qualification? Did it was nothing. He, <laughs> <regular> guy? <laughs> um, at the time, nothing. He was just going through his own health journey for whatever reason. He okay. He, I don't know. He just decided like he needed a change. He was uh, like a late 30s single guy, like 
no major health issues. I don't know what it was. And he was working uh, with a functional medicine practitioner. And he's like, look, I'll pay for you to go see this guy because we kind of expressed like we were poor. We just had a failed IVF. Like, and we were like, okay, no, we're not going to take your money, but we will take your advice. And I started seeing this functional health um, coach and um yeah, he just picks apart my diet. He's like, you're too high sugar with your fruits, with all your processed food. And I mean, processed food by like um, the canned sauces and the healthy granola bars and things like that. Not, I wasn't eating candies or, you know, macking down McDonald's. Um, so yeah, I started seeing really amazing um, health improvements that I didn't even know were an issue. Um, like what? Tell us about that. So, um, my big thing was my gut health and I just thought it was normal to be bloated after a meal or to have stinky farts or to go through this constant diarrhea constipation phase of life. And, you know, I talked to doctors about it. I got diagnosed with IBS. Don't eat raw vegetables, you know, like all those like standard things doctors say, but they just, Uh, they didn't think it was an issue and they definitely weren't linking it to my fertility health at all. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I went paleo basically and started working on a lot of mindset stuff, you know, trying to get into yoga, even though I found it painful for a whole year, (laughs) it was Mm -hmm. like, because I, you know, most of us who are dealing with infertility, we're all type a, right? And we got to go, go, go. And we got to be achieving, achieving. And like sitting on a yoga mat is like with your thoughts, you're like, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I still wasn't getting pregnant though. It wasn't quote unquote working. And so we went to do, we found an, a new clinic and we went private this time. The first time we used the NHS, even though we paid for it. And we went there specifically because they were doing at the time, the controversial immune testing. Mm -hmm. And um, we saw the consultant doctor and he talked us out of the testing. And he's like, you're not having reoccurring miscarriages. You're not a candidate for it. Mm -hmm. And we listened and we did another round of IVF and we got uh, five amazing embryos. We didn't have them tested, but by looking at them, they looked good, you know, and we thought we were going to win. Like we put in all this hard work and we put the best one in and I didn't even make it to day 28. And I was just devastated. It was just like, what more do I have to do? Like, is there anything left? I mean, I've done the acupuncture, I've done the reflexology, you know, the yoga, the diet, the meditation, like what else is left out there? And, um, that's when we demanded the testing And so we went back and um, they call it the Chicago test because your bloods get sent back to Chicago. And um, yeah, I tested for high natural killer cells. Um, They were elevated even after a year of being on a very, very clean diet. So I can't imagine what they would have tested like if I would have like got them done right away. Interesting. So I don't know about you, but that comes up quite often with my clients about maybe I have these natural killer cells because like you, they're searching for everything, right? And then you're reading like what possibly is next. And that seems like in in some cases, most cases that I see, it's kind of the last resort, like 
Yeah. Maybe if I go down this road of being tested for that, that'll be my answer. Can you explain what those, the natural killer cells is for people that are listening that may not know or be familiar with it? Because it really isn't technically all that mainstream really. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so basically everyone has them. You have natural killer cells and these are the cells that, um, help attack foreign agents in your body. So when you get sick or you get a virus, these are the things that go after those. Um, so in a, in a healthy body, you have the right amount to handle the things it should be handling. And usually most time it comes, um, when they start to elevate, it comes from your gut. And so your gut health, your gut wall starts to deteriorate. And so you can think of it as like a shag carpet and the more you wear it down, the thinner it gets, the gaps get bigger. And so, um, things that should be like kept in your stomach are now slowly leaking out into your bloodstream. And so your immune system's like, Hey, what's that? We need to attack it. So it revs up and it gets more and more. And so that's where thyroid issues come from. You know, your body starts attacking yourself. This is a lot of autoimmune issues is your body is just too elevated and it, it needs something to do, right? It's not just going to stand there and be yeah. a good little soldier. It's going to fight like it's uh, designed to. And so with a lot of unexplained infertility, if you're not getting pregnant whatsoever, and then especially if you're having the reoccurring miscarriages before 12 weeks, it's something to look into because it's your body attacking a foreign agent. So an embryo is a foreign agent, but obviously through God or the big bang, your body knows that that's a good foreign agent and you're going to let it grow where when your immune system is on overdrive, it's like, nope, out of here. Yeah. And so, um, and everyone just has different levels and why 12 weeks is so important is because your placenta takes over at 12 weeks. So the placenta is doing more of the work than your actual body. Um, so that's why it's really good to look into. Um, what can you do if they say, yes, indeed, you do have the, the natural high natural killer, natural killer cells. Killer cells. Yeah. Um, so basically what you want to do is you want to find your food intolerances. That's like the number one thing. So I ended up finding out I was highly intolerant to things like paprika and tomatoes. Um, and it could just be anything, you know, it doesn't have to be an unhealthy food. People are yeah. now showing up with crazy intolerances to amazing foods. Right. Um, you want to see if there's any dysbiosis in your gut. So any kind of like bugs or parasites, yeast overgrowth, if you have SIBO, um, anything that might be lying dormant, like a lot of people have H. pylora and don't even know. Mm -hmm. And so no matter if how much like clean eating diet and lovely stress, if there's H. pylora in there, it's going to cause some friction. Yeah. So you want to make sure that you're, you're really cleaning up your gut. And then um, obviously stress, no matter how amazing your diet's going to be, if you're super stressed out, that's going to cascade into a whole host of things. Um, so it's really just improving your gut health. Obviously, once you find what you need to do using targeted supplementation to help restore that, um, you can use, you know, superfoods if you want to call them that like liver and bone broth, if you're not intolerant to them. Um, so there's a whole host of things that you can do to reverse this issue. It's not a, 
um, it's not a diagnosis that you're going to live with forever. If you find your lifestyle and your diet that helps, you know, reduce it and get a healthy gut. So at least in the States, there's very few doctors that specialize in that. What do you mm-hmm. suggest to somebody who thinks they may have it, but they're, you know, and the few, the few States that are, or the many States that those doctors are not, I think the last I knew there was like three or four in the whole, our country. Um, so what do you, what do you suggest somebody do as far as getting tested on that? If they think that maybe they do have something going on there. Um, well, I mean, I guess you can go two ways about it. You can go, there's definitely places out there that you can bypass like a fertility clinic and just get the testing. I know my functional testing, we do some immune stuff, but we don't run the Chicago panel. That's not what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can get that knowledge. You can say, Hey, I do have these high natural killer cells and you can look at it two ways. Like then if you don't want to change your diet and lifestyle, you are most likely going to have to use immune suppressing drugs. And so that's what we did during our three frozen embryo transfers. Um, and two in, in early miscarriages and one is my first son. And, um, but you have to be under care on these prescriptions because they are prescriptions. And I get women all the time going, how can I just go get steroids? How can I just go get this? And I'm like, no, like you don't want to be messing around with these drugs. These are like, it's no joke being on steroids. It's not fun. When you come off of steroids, you have to titrate yourself. It's not something you could just stop. Um, so it's something that if you choose to use, you really need to be under medical guidance for, and like you say, you have to find a fertility clinic that's going to support you through it because you time them, um, before the transfer and after the transfer, it's a very timed process. Um, now if you're like, okay, I want to try the diet and lifestyle thing, even if you are using medical assistance, it's really just finding a functional fertility practitioner like myself that can help run Um, either, I mean, I do it both ways. I do functional testing because I know sometimes it's really expensive and people can't afford it. Um, and so I do two packages with and without the testing. And for the most part, the testing, um, is for cases where we can't identify it from a symptom-based like approach, right? Like you can really someone can come to me and like, we can have like several conversations and I'd be like, okay, this is this, this, and this is what you need. And sometimes a lot of my clients come to me really well educated are working with functional, um, medicine doctors. Um, and they're like, okay, I just need, I don't know, kind of that, that outlook of someone who's been through that fertility thing. Right. Yeah. And so that's when I recommend the testing. I'm like, look, you look like you're on a great diet. You you've got the supplementation. You are already doing the mindset things. We need to dig deeper. I need to see what's going on. Mm -hmm. And my number one test is the gut health test. Like that will tell you so much. And for most of it, they come back with issues like a hundred percent of the time. There's something that we can work on there. Yeah. I actually had SIBO for many years and again, it's something that is now just being kind of picked up on from Western medicine. It's really interesting. I mean, I went to four States just to get people like I, there was 
one woman who was kind of the forefront of this. She wasn't, she was a naturopathic doctor, I believe. Um, but you know, went to Cedar Sinai in LA, went to UCI here in Southern California. Um, all of which were like, they don't really think it's a thing, but now they're kind of thinking it's a thing. <laughs> um, and to get that breath test is not the easiest thing to do either. And yeah. so many people suffer from, from it and, or, you know, maybe it's the H pylori that's been sitting there. That's transformed into something else. Maybe you had a, you know, traveler's bug that you got. That was in my case, I mm -hmm. went to Mexico and got sick and then it turned into that. Um, but I had always had underlying gut, gut issues. So I was more, um, susceptible, I guess, to being, open to that where some people like they have like a super hard stomach and intestinal yeah. <laughs> tract, like nothing's getting through there. For me, I was always a little bit more weak anyway. So I wasn't super surprised, but I think the correlation between the gut health and the fertility is really underrated. Um, yeah. and it really blows my mind that even on the fertility clinic side, you know, they really, nobody ever asked me like, what's your issue? Oh, well, I have you know, diarrhea nine times a day. That's not normal. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like, of course that's going to affect nobody. Like, how can I expect to carry a healthy pregnancy when my body's not healthy? Like something is wrong. So I think reaching out to a functional medicine doctor, somebody outside, you know, that's why we say, get your fertility team in place because it is a team. Everybody mm -hmm. has their specialty. Right. And unfortunately, a lot of these things really take somebody that's outside of the box of like a very traditional MD, no offense to MDs. I think they're amazing, but these things are just now getting on the table for them to be recognized as a normal thing when so many people are suffering from it. Yeah. I mean, they're trained to look at the body in separate areas, right? And they're trained yeah. to, um, treat this treat after you, your symptoms are bad enough to go to the doctor mm -hmm. where from a functional medicine point of view, we try to just get down to the root cause and treat the body as a whole, because it, it all works as one. And I mean, it's mind blowing when you finally step outside of the box or go into a box, I don't know which way you want to go. Yeah. Um, your stomach controls everything. Everything you put in your mouth, your mm -hmm. stomach has control, the supplements, the food, the water, the alcohol. Um, so when people say, oh, diet doesn't impact fertility, but they're choking down 12 supplements to help improve their egg quality. I'm like, well, who's doing the work? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it, it all goes to the same place. And if your gut isn't healthy enough to take in that nutrients or it's leaking yeah. into your bloodstream, it is going to have a trickle down effect. And what blows my mind um, is that uh, you still see a lot of women going, I have unexplained infertility, but I have Hashimoto's or I have thyroid issues. Mm -hmm. And I was like, surely those doctors know that there's an endocrine system and within your endocrine system is your thyroid and other things. And they all go to your ovaries. So how can that not be affecting fertility? It's yeah. mind boggling. I'm with you on that. It's kind of to me and sounds like for you too, like 101, right? Like, yeah. Like, I don't feel like I'm the smartest 
or the sharpest tool in the shed, you know, like medicine is not my background. Like give me some like crafts and paints and like a snowboard. Like that's kind of my thing. So I'm kind of like, if I'm smart enough to get this and link it, cause that's what I had to do with my journey. No one was out there talking about this at the time. Instagram wasn't even invented. There was no podcast for fertility specifically. So I was consuming like the paleo mom and the bulletproof coffee and underground wellness um, and just piecing it together like oh well this must be having an impact how could I be a healthy fit 30 something year old woman and can't get pregnant with IVF like it doesn't make sense and so I just kept going and like linking the pieces together and then when I got pregnant naturally after my, I had a miscarriage with our third embryo transfer. And two months later, the first time my husband and I had unprotected sex after my IVF baby was born, I was pregnant. And I spent the first four months of that pregnancy pissed off, to be honest. Like it was doable. I literally sat for eight years thinking I was infertile for no reason. And that wasn't the case. It was just there was some disconnection and you just had to connect it back together and be willing to put in the work. I mean, it is work to change your diet and lifestyle. It's not easy. Um, but I was really mad that this information just wasn't out there and there wasn't a way, but, um, um, so yeah, so that's why, um, I actually trained as a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner back in 2015 when I was pregnant with my son and I thought I was going to take it. I used to be in early education and I was going to do things with children. And then ironically, I didn't want to work with parents. (laughs) Um, and I figured, okay, with my personal story and my background, this is how I can help our future generation. I can get to them before they're even dealing with these issues, you know, because I learned about epigenetics and like how much it actually does matter what we're doing before conception, during conception, during pregnancy, after pregnancy. It's all um, so belittled, I feel, by our society. And, you know, us women are supposed to be working 40 hour work weeks and being pregnant and then being back at work three weeks later with a fit body, you know, and it's just like, it's not how we were designed. That's not how, and I, and I do feel our children, you know, can potentially suffer from that, you know, because we're under so much stress to perform a certain way um, that we're not giving, you know, our bodies time to heal and grow another human and do all the things it needs to do. hundred percent. So circling back to Bulletproof, um, I read because I'm same time frame. I think, around for our baby but I, my book was the Lana Asprey book, um, Dave Asprey's wife who had her children over 40, uh, the better baby book. Yeah, exactly. I've got Um, it on my shelf. (laughs) Me too. I feel like we're the only two, maybe that have that book, you know, ever, but, um, but I felt like I actually looked back recently how I read that book. I think it was 18 months prior to, you know, getting ready to conceive, which is you know, again, not knowing then what I know now that this is what I was going to be doing. That's what I tell people as well. Right. Um, but like you, I was doing all the right things. I was researching all the things. I'm a big person about epigenetics as well. I mean, how in the society that we're in right now, even for the men, right. Our parents' generation, we're not that far off yet. Our lifestyle is so far off. Right. I mean, 
men are coming home and still being on their phone and their laptops and whatever, as opposed to the generation prior to us, they would shut it down at five o'clock, come home, have family dinner. And it was this traditional quote unquote experience. But what brought that traditional experience per se is this level of stress. They weren't bringing home this extra amount of continuous, like you know, expectation of things always have to be done. We can't just be still and enjoy our family. And in turn, we have to kind of unwind that, I believe, for our children to say, you know, the stress that we bring on is not, you don't have to carry that on for yourself and and your generation, so to speak, right? I think we know better now so we can do better, but it was like this huge ramp up from that generation normal and not realistic. And now I feel like we're unwinding that because we're seeing that in our fertility rates more than we had ever seen before. Um, and it's shown in so many ways, lifestyle, diet, et cetera. But I, I mean, it's so important for the man too. So my husband obviously got his sperm tested loads of time and he was always fine. And so obviously when the egg or the embryo quality was low, it was put on me. And when I decided that I was going to change up my diet, it was kind of, I kind of was doing it on my own. And I found it incredibly hard, um, especially at home. And that was the only heated conversation I had with my husband over the fertility stuff. And I was like, if you don't do this with me, I'm not doing another round of IVF. Like, I'm not going to go through all of this by myself, especially to have a child with you. Like, we need to do this together. And so he he was very reluctant about it, but I don't know. I was just so gung-ho and, and I made it work. I was up. I was cooking the breakfast. I was making the lunches. I was doing all those things. And I remember him sat there one morning going, we've really got this down, don't we? And I was like, yeah, I do. I've really got this down. <laughs> and um the last sperm test that he had, um, his fine sperm improved by the millions in every single section. And he mm-hmm. was fine. He would, he didn't need to change himself per se, but because he brought in a lot more variety in his diet, he, um, he did cut out a large portion of gluten just at home. He wasn't as strict as I was out and about, um, there's definitely times where we went alcohol free and didn't drink. Um, so he didn't have to like be a Buddhist yoga hippie guy, but right. he did change things up and it made a world of difference to his sperm. So all these women who are dealing with men with male factor fertility, for the most part, even if they want to use IVF, the male needs to do the the 30 or the three months before you guys go in, it's got to be a commitment together. And if you feel like you can put your foot down and go, no, like we either stop or you do this with me, then I would highly suggest it. (laughs) I know it's not as easy for some women. And I know sometimes you have to sow the seeds before and all that, but um, yeah, both sides, man, it matters. I think so. I remember too, I brought from Lana Asprey's book. Here's the list of the male 
supplements. Right. And I remember like ordering them all for Dave and writing on the top of the bottles, like this one once a day and whatever. And at this time we were living separate coasts. Um, but what I was able though, and same as your husband, his sperm was great. In fact, it, we, you know, whatever the doctor said was gave him a little bit of an ego and mind you, he was, uh, like he was 50 at the time. So male sperm actually dramatically decreases over 45. So for anybody who thinks men can have babies easily at any age, that's not necessarily true, but in his case, it was true. However, I still felt it was really important that like you said, we're doing this together, right? So if Mm -hmm. I'm going to be choking down all these things and doing all the diet and doing all the things, you're going to do this with me. Um, and so I bought them all the things and ended up getting one of the Monday through Sunday things that we actually still use of the supplements. And same thing as you, when we went in for our last thing, the doctor was like, I've never seen somebody in our clinic with like numbers as good as you. Now, of course he has like such a big head about this now, but but it does matter. And the great thing about the sperm quality is it's measurable, right? We can't Mm -hmm. measure the egg quality when we're doing this, but with the sperm, you literally can. And I love that. I'm so data-driven that I love to be able to say, okay, I did this, then we did this. And that was the results, like nailed it, right? Like good job. Yeah. Um, And those supplements help in other ways too. So it's not just you know, for sperm quality necessarily, or for egg quality, for that matter, you know, it helps with your longevity and your body, keeping your cells healthy, et cetera. So I think that's another aspect of it is also thinking you're doing good for your body, but back to your original point too, you don't want to overdo the supplements either. So taking ones that your body needs and avoiding ones that are not good for your body. So making sure that you're talking to somebody who can actually point you in that right direction is important. Yeah, uh, totally. I mean, most of the women who either join my online program or the one-to-one, especially because that's, you know, I go in and look at their supplements and it's like, okay, you can X this, X this, X this, you know, they're most of the fertility supplement list blog posts that you see out there they're null and void as far as I'm concerned. And all these superfoods that people are on, you know, I was talking to um, a client and she, you know, raves about this one superfood. And I'm like, did your ancestors take that superfood? You know, do they have access to this superfood? I'm like, don't get me wrong. I'm sure it does help. And we are living in a, a good time where we have access to all these crazy supplements that you would never know about. I said, but that stuff's not going to work unless you're lowering your inflammation. It's just going to become very expensive pee. So yeah, like you definitely want to attack it by lowering your inflammation and then adding in, I mean, most of the supplements that my uh, fertility coach put me on, I didn't even know existed and had nothing to do with fertility per se. You know, it was detoxing and um, yeah, like liver support. And, you know, like all the things that weren't functioning correctly. And then once we got me functioning correctly, I didn't need supplements to improve my aid quality. Right. A hundred percent. And I think to that point too, you really need to know what, where your body is weak. Is it your liver? Is it your intestine? Is it your stomach? And a functional doctor, a naturopath, someone of that nature can help you really pinpoint where that weakness is for you 
um, even an acupuncturist, some mm-hmm. of them can act to help figure that out as well. But it's, it's, is really important because then your body is, you know, being so taxed on supplements that it's working overtime to metabolize things that it's, it's not able to do. So you really have to watch that. I can't agree with you more as far as be really cautious of the, not only the supplement lists online, but also the fertility superfoods. I mean, I'm highly sensitive to eggs. If I were to look at that and say, you know, I need to be doing this list. Otherwise I'm not going to get pregnant. I would be a wreck every day. And I wouldn't get pregnant because my body would be so inflamed. Yeah. So it's, I think that is a big issue for people is that, you know, I mean, I think every, every person who has a baseline knowledge of health needs to stop promoting any food. And like my main message is find your food intolerances. Like, like it, it really, like you need variety and find your food intolerances and that's your perfect fertility diet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I have people that have bananas as an intolerance and chicken and minor eggs. So you think that it might, it's going to be gluten, dairy and whatever. No, you could be totally fine with those and, you know, be absolutely fine. It just depends on what your body reacts to. So that's why I feel like that also plays into the mindset, right? If you're hanging on so tight to, I have to avoid whatever it is, because that's what you read online. But in fact, for you, you're fine to have that, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Well, the mindset is key to sticking to your commitments. You know, um, if you one, don't think the diet's going to work or, um, it's too stressful. You've taken on too much. Um, you know, we're seeing now, um, you know, I had to go autoimmune paleo because that's what I had to do with my diet. I talk a lot about it because that's kind of my area of expertise, Mm -hmm. but I just did a reel today saying my meal plan actually has things that aren't autoimmune compliant because not everyone needs to go on an autoimmune diet. And what I'm seeing with a lot of clients who do these gut health tests is that their key species are really low because they're on these autoimmune diets and either one, they don't need to be on them as long as they have been on them, or they're not bringing in the variety that you have to do. Like when you're on an autoimmune paleo diet, it is so key to make sure you're looking on what you actually can eat and really um, mixing that up where it's a little bit easier to do when it's not so restrictive, right? If you're on like basically a paleo diet, let's say, but um, a lot of people think, well, I'm eating really healthy. I'm autoimmune. It's just like, well, no, your gut health can still be really low because you're just not getting the nutrients or you might have healed certain areas, but your antibiotic use, which for most of us, you know, like we OD'd on that shit and we just haven't um, restored that gut flora yet because yeah. Yeah. So, so Monica, tell everybody who's listening where they can find you. And again, you just mentioned that you kind of really specialize in this probably because that's what you experienced yourself. (laughs) Although I will say, as I did in the beginning, she specializes in a lot, but you know, I feel like that's such a hot topic right now with people wanting to know a lot about this autoimmune diet and everything. So how can they find you? 
Yeah, so I'm at Finding Fertility on Instagram and TikTok and the internet is findingfertility.co, not .com. Um, so yeah, you can connect with me in those three main places. And um, obviously I have a podcast as well, Finding Fertility. It's all Finding Fertility. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wealth of information. I'm so glad that we got to chat again today. And we will see you again soon, I hope. Yeah, thanks, Elizabeth, so much for having me on. Yes. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pretty Little Tribe podcast. Follow up on Instagram at the Pretty Little Tribe or at Elizabeth King underscore coaching for updates, resources, and a community to connect with. If you are looking for extra support and tools to guide you along your TTC and parenting journey, visit ElizabethKing.com. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast everywhere you're listening for a chance to receive a special gift. Visit elizabethking.com backslash pretty little tribe podcast for more information on how to enter. Any review counts. I just appreciate your honest feedback so I can provide you with the best support possible in your TTC and parenthood journey. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week.